The Stark Law governs physician self-referral for Medicare and Medicaid patients. How do pod labs, or condo labs, fit into these Stark requirements? Is this also a case of physician self-referral? You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. John Brooks, Professor of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania Medical School, and Pathology Chair and Director for Pathology and Laboratory Medicine at the Pennsylvania Hospital. Dr. Brooks is also the current President of the American Society for Clinical Pathology. Welcome, Dr. Brooks. Delighted to be here, Mark. Today we are discussing pod labs or condo labs. Dr. Brooks, what are these labs? I'll start by saying that they're a big problem for pathologists, and I'll try to explain why. A pod lab or condo lab is basically a contractual joint venture, the the more legal name for it, if you will, and is a clinician-owned facility often by a group of clinicians, such as gastroenterologists and urologists, who own a small pathology laboratory with a single pathologist and histologist and bill for their services. So fundamentally, there was and still is a a loophole in Medicare uh, CMS rules to transfer billing rights from the pathologist to the group who then bills for those services. Explain that, sir. A bill would go out under the group's name, uh, say for you know whatever the charge would be, they would be reimbursed one hundred dollars. They would pay the pathologist and histotech uh, thirty dollars and pocket the remainder seventy. That would be seventy times each biopsy. So, for example, if you're a urologist and you're biopsying six biopsies per side. 12 biopsies would be 12 times $70 per case, per instance. So that's a lot of money. What this basically does is it takes the biopsies away from all of your normal local laboratories, whether they be hospital or independent laboratories, and funnels them to these condo situations. They're called condo labs because quite frequently they are not necessarily nearby, but maybe in another state, and there are literally a group of rooms together on a single floor that this pathologist goes from room to room to make diagnoses for different specialty groups. And this is not against Stark Law? No one has called it outright illegal. The Office of Inspector General of the United States has had major concerns and has said so, but the third-party companies that are pushing this to the clinicians uh, believe that they are operating within the law. Well, who's actually running them? The third-party company is a vehicle whereby these little pod labs are run, but yet owned by the clinician groups. And why would someone use them as opposed to, let's say, a hospital lab? Uh, Well, if your group was getting $70 per biopsy that it was doing on its patients, as opposed to nothing from the regular laboratory, you know, you might think about it. Oh, I see. Is this something that is common now in the United States? Big time in growing. Uh, Several years ago, a friend of mine, a gastroenterologic pathologist, 
you know, was at their annual meeting and noticed, you know, one little booth there with one of these companies uh, pushing this. And the latest meeting had 30 such companies. Uh, this is really growing, but may not be anymore because of some of the work we've been doing in the American Society for Clinical Pathology advocating to CMS, Center for Medicare, Medicaid Services, to change the regulation. Well, notwithstanding the gray legal areas, why are these a problem? If you're a patient and you have your biopsy and you're here in Philadelphia and your biopsy goes to Connecticut and then you come to your local hospital, that's where you, the patient, has a relationship to your urologist. Your urologist operates in this hospital and as sometimes happens, uh, either more biopsies are done or resection is performed, and we need to compare whether this is a new tumor on one side uh, versus the same tumor. We don't have that other material to compare. This will, over time, be more and more of a problem. Patients with prostate uh, disease get biopsied sometimes every year, and they have little things going on, and we do like to compare uh, new material to old. It's also a fragmentation of care. So your tissues for your prostate needle biopsy are in one state or in one laboratory and not in, in one place where they used to be. So, for example, if you're undergoing a deeper biopsy and you have cytology specimens on that patient, then a needle biopsy and then a resection, all that material is correlated and must go together to make a good diagnosis. If, that's, if all three of those are going in three different directions, you won't have that possibility. So I think it's really going to hurt patient care in the end. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Dr. John Brooks, professor of pathology and laboratory medicine at the University of Pennsylvania Medical School and pathology chair and director for pathology and laboratory medicine at the Pennsylvania Hospital. We are talking about pod or condo labs and other important issues faced by pathologists today. Dr. Brooks, as president of the American Society for Clinical Pathology, what are you doing as a group and individually to deal with the problems of these pod labs and other issues for pathology labs as well? The ASCP, for short, is actually very active nationally. We have an office in Washington, D.C. for our advocacy we're up on Capitol Hill quite frequently, and just recently, for example, this past June, I was at CMS headquarters myself uh, talking to those who uh, would write the new regulations shortly thereafter. And what was that about, sir? Uh, that was about the pod labs, and what we asked them to do was to make these relationships uh, as near to full-time as they could and to require... Uh, that the laboratories be large enough and situated in such a way for the technical and professional billing that, in fact, they would not profit from this practice. And what do you think will happen from that? CMS has just released uh, new regulations, uh, which are now open for comment. They have done that in August, 
and they contain a number of those uh, recommendations that we made. We think that'll cool things down. Uh, we think that will become less and less profitable to these groups. And I just want to stress that while urologists are doing it, gastroenterologists, tomorrow the GYN folks, uh, the liver folks, the oncologists uh, will also do this. And so what you'll get is no longer a pathology laboratory, but individuals scattered all around. And when you want your local pathologist, he may not be there because there's no business. Uh, you'll only be left with the uh, less profitable and less sustaining inpatient material. And, you know, the Marcus laboratories and hospital laboratories in particular are, re- are really on the edge. We're, we're doing fine. We have, like everybody else, had problems with reimbursement. But too much more tinkering with us, and, and we could uh, really take a nosedive. Now, you mentioned about fragmented care, and I want to ask you a question. That being, let's say you are evaluating a specimen on a patient who has had biopsies done at various pod labs. How then do you get the information from each of these pod labs so that you can make an accurate diagnosis by comparison? Okay, well, in today's world and prior to pod labs, the clinician generally knew that a patient had a biopsy at a nearby hospital. He has that paperwork, submits it to us. Uh, Many hospitals have a rule where the pathology outside needs to be reviewed before any major therapy or surgery. So there, there always was tissue somewhere else that we called and sent for. Uh, We can do that with pod labs if only we knew where and, you know, who did it and and where the heck is the lab. So this is a whole new situation that really, uh, you know, I don't think it's really dovetailed and and worked out completely yet. There's no way to have a central registry of pathology specimens um, uh, for each individual patient so that a clinician or pathologist like yourself could review? No, I mean, these are all legal, these are all entities, and they all have their own, you know, material. So each hospital, for example, keeps material for at least 20 years. They're the regulations. Many teaching hospitals have kept it forever. Uh, these pod labs, uh, who knows what the rules would be, whether they are even going to keep the blocks or not. So, for example, a few years from now, if uh, a woman wants her her two uh, test repeated on on her old tissue. Sometimes you need that to compare to the new tissue, but when maybe it's a metastasis, uh, it may or may not be able to be done if nobody can find it. Somebody would need to remember exactly where that material was sent. It's a little bit different to ask a patient. Oh yes, I think it was at St. Luke's or the, you know some hospital nearby. They are not going to remember that it was a pod lab in Charlotte, North Carolina. What are some other issues that are of concern for pathologists today? Pathology actually has a variety of issues, all, of course, related to money, reimbursement, and Medicare. One idea that Medicare has had recently is so-called competitive bidding. Competitive bidding is an idea that says in one state or region of the country, maybe it's just a large metropolitan area, there will be one or two laboratories only to win the contract. That contract would be for all outpatient material on their patients. That would mean any time a patient was drawn, they had to go to a certain laboratory to be drawn, 
and those results would be available from that laboratory. If they had an outpatient biopsy, they would have that biopsy material would have to go there and not to the people you have a relationship with now. So we in pathology see this as a major uh, mistake uh, and leading to yet more fragmentation and actually probably the death of a lot of local hospital pathology laboratories. I want to thank Dr. John Brooks, who has been our guest. We have been discussing pod or condo labs and other important issues facing pathologists today. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.